0: NRL Rewind, hosted by Matt Namovski. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namovski. Welcome to our delayed uh, Round Twenty review. Obviously, uh, we went one day without COVID. Obviously, Super Saturday was taken away from us, um, and there were some real fears that um, it was going to be like last year, where they stopped the season, but. Uh, Lord Volandis has come through once again. Uh, Two games, three games on Sunday, two on Monday. What a a nice treat it was to finish a hard day at work on a Monday. Roll straight into the two games of footy, including the Tom Travojevic show. So it was a good week of footy. Um, Some interesting scores um, and definitely some good performances. So let's get right into it, guys, and go through all eight of the games on a quick little review here. So first game. A sad one for me, it was Sydney Roosters 28 defeating the Parramatta Eels nil. Um, And this was as comprehensive as it gets. Um, Parramatta didn't really fire a shot. uh, And it kind of did show that we're waiting for Mitch Moses to really come back into this side. Um, You know, I thought there was no real standouts from the Roosters side. It was a very good team effort. I thought the four-pack really rolled well. The outside backs did their job. Sam Walker, uh, James Tedesco, See him around the park. Joey Minow was probably the real impact player. Every time he came into the field, some good things happened. But Parramatta, you know, Kimball Gillard went off really early uh, with a groin injury. Um, And yeah, Jacob Arthur, poor start of the game, couple of errors. He's obviously going to be out next week with Mitch Moses returning. Um, And yeah, it can't be soon enough because Parramatta have the hardest run home out of all teams here and really need to really get Mitch Moses back into the side quickly firing because for whatever reason, Dylan Brown has just not really stood up as that lead playmaker this year and really needs Mitch next to him to get the best out of him. So look, Roosters, I've said it all year, you know, I've wanted to really put the marker through them with the amount of injuries they've had and the suspensions uh, at inopportune times. There's been real uh, reasons for them not to be performing well, but they just keep doing the damn job. And I think it shows what a great coach Trent Robinson is but a good roster they've got, you know, even though they've got so many injuries, their depth, their squad depth and, you know, being able to convert players into different positions like an Adam Kieran uh, on the weekend just really shows, um, you know, they've got so many guys who have retired and injured. You're playing a 19-year-old fullback, i uh, sorry, a halfback. Um, yeah, it's been such a great job for Trent and Robertson. for Parramatta, they really need to step up here, you know, poor performance against the Raiders. Demoralizing performance here against the Roosters really need to bounce back in a big way. Next game. Probably maybe the game where Imagine Maguire doesn't last a season. We kind of look at this as the the breaking point. New Zealand Warriors 18 defeating the West Tigers 16. A depleted, a very depleted uh Warrior side getting the win. And still don't really understand how it happened because. Um, two very early tries to the Tigers within the first 20 minutes. Looked like they were rolling. It could have been anything. Um, but the Warriors really held firm three tries in the second half and they were able to get the win in the end. Uh, they held them out, you know, calamity of errors from the Tiger side. I think a lot of people will point to uh, the Joe Offenangabe play the ball one meter out from the line, no dummy half, Reese Walsh diving on the ball. Those type of things are just... When we look back at a season that had so much promise from a lot of people picking them to make the A, B around that eight, it's just that, that was probably going to be the play that sticks in my mind. If they don't make a run here and they've got a fantastic run, second best run on the way home, um, if they don't turn it around and they do miss finals, that's probably the moment you look at it and the game you look at here because the Warriors had no right to be here. A lot of injuries, no road to two of Um, You know, Cody Nicarima somehow has just fallen off a cliff and don't understand what's happened. To his form this year, but you know, you look at before the season started, probably two and Tohu, that's three of their best four players. You think not playing in this game uh, and still able to get the win here, huge effort. Really shows that they're giving Nathan Brown all they've got and haven't been the best Brownie supporter. You know, not one of my favorite coaches. Still a lot of questions with how he's kind of doing this roster, but and this squad on the game days. But man, he's getting them before perform because uh, moving you and Aiken to an edge was a bit of a masterstroke. I thought Reese Walsh, you know, he's not sitting in the water like he did in his first couple of games, but he's really starting to chime in impactfully when he needs to. But don't don't be mistaken. This is down to our West Tigers. Um, they lost this game. For as much as the Warriors won this game, the Tigers lost this game. Dane Laurie going out in the first 10 minutes with a fractured leg out for the season. Huge loss. Um, but yeah, they had no right to lose this game. Uh, and, you know... If we look back again, you know, if Matt McGuire doesn't make the end of the season, if they lose a couple more games in a row here and Luke Brooks doesn't make the end of the season, I think this is definitely the game you look at and we kind of point to this game. But great win for the Warriors. Keeps their season alive. You know, they're they're looking on the outside to make the finals. They're going to have to go on a pretty impressive run here. Um, And for the Tigers, this was your real chance to solidify yourself as a top eight contender. They'll still have the chance with the run they've got. But yeah, very, very... Hard game to watch if you're a Tigers fan here. Next game on the docket, it was the uh, Brisbane Derby. The Broncos taking on the Cowboys. Broncos 37 defeating the Cowboys 18. And, you know, there's no, again, a, a good team effort here by the Broncos. Really stood up, you know. Tony Staggs, Brody Croft, Jordan Rickey, uh, Tessie New all play parts here. And it was a really, really strong performance. They, there was no real lulls in the game for them. They really, you know, from the opening kickoff to the end, they kind of really put in a good shift. There was no little, you know, five minutes before or after halftime, last 10 minutes of the game, there was none of that. They kept the foot on the, on the gas and they went in 37 points, a very healthy scoreline. If you're a Cowboys fan, looking from the Cowboys side here, got away. Um, to me, this Cowboys side can make meters like other teams. Their last tackle options, especially when they're trying to do clearing kicks, is very worrying. Tom Dearden has not got a good long kicking game on him. Um, you know, hits a couple of them sweetly, but more times than not, some slices off the side of the foot, finding guys on the full. If they just had a lot bit, you know, and that's why Chad Townsend might be a very welcome inclusion for next year, because if they can partner and get, you know, their four-pack rolling, their classy outback scoring tries and they can have, you know, Val at fullback and some good kicking from their halves. This this has the potential to turn around pretty quickly for the Cowboys, but, yeah, it was pretty tough to watch this. um, You know, I think they need a lot more direction out of Hooker. I thought Reese Robson was a little bit shoddy in this game. Really expected a bit more from him. It looks like uh, Val Holmes will come back next week, which will mean Jake Granville can go back to the interchange bench and they can spell each other, which I think has been working for them this season. Um. And really, again, Deedon and Drinkwater, I don't think it can be said for how much pressure is on them because they know Chad Townsend is coming up there on big money. He will be getting a starting side. There is no – a starting spot. There's no doubt about that. That is happening. Um, So these guys are really trying to work out where do I fit in this team and am I there for next year? So I think that's a pretty telling thing because when you see a guy like uh, Tom Deedon, a couple of bad kicks, if you see Scott Drinkwater, Throw a bad pass or make the incorrect decision, all things that probably do run through your head. So, gonna be it's gonna be entertaining to see how these two teams, um, because obviously, you know, both right now in that bottom four, both want to stay away from the, the wooden spoon and above that. Obviously, I think the Bulldogs have that wrapped up, but want to try and climb as high as ladder as you can. So, um, Broncos keep rolling, you know, that was a good win. They've got a couple of. Couple of winnable games in back end of the year, you know. If Kevy really wants to get them up here, and they believe in Kevy, they can get some good performances in. But for Todd Payton, I think it's kind of time to now maybe reset and look to towards twenty twenty two. Think with the lineup, you know, is this guy worth a starting spot next year? Is this guy a reserve player next year? Because I think we're getting to the stage now where Todd Payton's got the last five weeks here to really work out what, how he's going to perform next year with his new couple of signings coming in. We then had the Newcastle Knights taking on the Canberra Raiders, and the Knights winning thirty-four to twenty-four in probably the most surprising result of the round. Besides that Tigers game, did not expect with no Mitch Pierce, Newcastle to absolutely jump the Raiders like they did. The Raiders had a couple of real junk tries, but the scoreline was much more flattering than it should be for the Raiders. Uh, they were down obviously thirty-four to twelve in the back end of this game. And then obviously two late tries to Hudson Young and Emre Goula, but this was that left edge. It was Tuala, Best, and Caelan Ponga really uh, set the game alight. And you know what? I I thought you can't pick a Newcastle side if there's no Mitch Pearce, but he proved me wrong because they came in and really did a good performance. I thought Jay Clifford had his best game in a Knights jersey yet. Caelan uh, Ponga, you know, he had the knock against the, the Storm, had the suspected sternum injury um, against the Roosters. He looked healthy. And we've said it and we've harped on it. This The Knights have a real chance here to get a run and win out for the rest of the season. And, yes, there's five games in between that they can win out. They're, they're, we've got winnable games. They've got players coming back on deck. Mitch Pierce will be back for next week. The Bradman Best was in tantalizing form, the way he can get on the outside of a center. You know, he's still early on in his career. He's got to stay on the field. You know, availability is what it's all about. But to me, the way he can just run over and run around, he's got such an array of talent to get around his opposite center. And Sebastian Chris was having fits. Harley Smith Shields, Sebastian Chris, both young guys that will play a long time in this league. But, yeah, the way Bradman Best and Calum Ponga really played with them on the weekend shows they're still a bit away because... You know, the Raiders have lost quite a few players this year. Obviously, I've been pretty big on the Charles Nickel Clockstad uh, injury there. You know, no Bailey Simonson as well. Jerry Croker's coming into this side, playing some young guns. I was really disappointed in Jack White in this game. He returned, um, and I thought he'd be able to steer them around. But unfortunately for Jack, it's just not his season. And I think, you know, from the, the expectations we had of him, he won the Dally M last year. And again, I've harped on it all year. I, the Dally M to me is we need to look at how we do the Dally M because Jack Wyatt was not the best player in the comp last year. And I think it did put a lot of expectations on him to show that he, he is that type of player. But yeah, if you can't get your team up to beat the Newcastle side without one of their most influential players, there's obviously some trouble there. So um, for the Raiders, they're, they're still in that eight battle, but Yeah, you would have loved to have seen them get the win here. Really put the nail in the Knights' coffin. Uh, make it very hard for them to get in. Uh, But they've opened the door and allowed allowed themselves to possibly have another team to fight them for that bottom eight spot, which is very, very crucial. So good win for the Knights. Uh, They've got a run here. And if Mitch Pierce comes back and can roll straight into this side, it becomes very interesting as a bottom eight team uh, is trying to sneak into that eight there. The next game was the Melbourne Storm 37, defeating the Penner of Panthers 10, again, two late tries to really make the scoreline, uh, you know, semi respectable, but it was 37 nil after 70 minutes. And the way that Melbourne really, it was, it's hard to say that they really got out of, you know, third or fourth gear in this one. They still put 37 and granted the Panthers had a lot of outs, but they're still a very good defensive team with a very good coach. And they really just put the, put, put the sword to them, you know, a lot of the tries were lucky, you kind of think about the Eremia bomb from Ado Um, You know, I thought Harry Grant coming into this game, the injection of Harry Grant uh, was huge. Looks like he didn't miss a beat. Uh, Pappenhausen looked much more comfortable in this game. Um, so Nico Hines obviously had a big time on the pine this week. For all your super coaches out there, including myself, did put the C in draft on Nico Hines, put the V on him in classic, uh, unless they start resting some players here, which, you know, the, each guy in the Melbourne Storm has had good amounts of rest. So I don't really see them, you know, even though they're going to wrap up the on a premiership here, I still don't see them really resting. So I think Nico Hines has served everyone really well this year, but I think his time in Supercoach has probably come to an end there. But the way they can really rotate in and out here, they can really you know, give Jerome Hughes a rest one week. They can bring Pappenhausen off the bench. They can move Grant Tucker, Brandon Smith can get a week off. They've got so many options. And it was really interesting to see how they really, you know, the, the forward pack, you know, no Penny, no Solomona, no Kamakamika, um, you know, you had Ken Bromish, who was a little bit undercooked. Didn't matter. They, they really rolled through. The Munster had a quiet game. The whole left edge. Olam, Adokar, Munster had a quiet game. A lot of things did shuffle through. Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant through the middle. Um, And obviously Eremia picking up the hat-trick there. But yeah, very very comprehensive performance from the Storm. You expect nothing less in this absolute dominant and historic season. We'll have to go through at the end of the year and go through some of the records because they're really going to set the bar for some teams that I don't think will be able to be beaten um, with how dominant they've been. But for the Panthers, again, so many players missing next week. It looks like Isaiah, Yo, Coruscant, our certainties. Um, it'd be interesting to see when Nathan Cleary gets called back in, if he does get the, the call up back into the side, maybe coming off the reserves, maybe even onto the interchange bench and giving him like a Pappenhausen, a week or two coming back, working his way in, Um or he could just be firing and coming straight into the side. Uh, They've got a blockbuster against the Roosters this week. So it will be very interesting to see that game, but yeah, comprehensive for Melbourne. The Panthers, they're going to get their troops back, and I think if they do play again, which I still think we would still put money down. panthers Storm is the grand final. I think it'll be a very different Panthers side uh, to the one we saw on Sunday. Last game on Sunday, South Sydney Rabbitohs 50, defeating the St. George Illawarra Dragons 14. And to be expected, I guess, in this one. Um, really took them a, a while. Um, it was pretty close in the first half, but yeah, that they had those last two tries in the last ten minutes of the first half, of Milner and Jason Sewell crashing over and then put on the five tries in the second half to really blow it out. Uh, a lot of COVID players missing for this one for the Dragons. Um obviously Matt Dufty looks like he's been relegated to the reserves for the rest of the year. He's done in Dragons colors. Um they were never really in it. You know, they 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 got those two tries, um, you know, around the twenty minute mark to make a game of it, but they really needed to get to halftime um, level or tied, uh, but just couldn't do it. Uh, it was just too much of a of a task to get them through there. So, not much to say, you know. The rabbits, whenever they put these scores, and you know, you, they did this to the the Warriors last weekend. You know, it was not much analysis needed because that left edge is going to be that left edge. Cody Walker is playing out of his mind. Um, and, yeah, the forward pack is just really rounding into something, you know. Jaden Sua, Dry Arrow, Kulama Tungy, Kean Murray to come back, come back in next week from his suspension. Tom Burgess, Nichols, Tatoa will come back at some stage. they got so many options. And, you know, when you think of a genuine third threat for the title after the Storm and the Panthers, a lot of people will point to Manley and Tom Travojevic. But to me, this rabbit side, yes, they got up by 50 against both of these sides already this year. But... I think this is a very different rabbit side. You know, Wayne's got him humming at the right end of the season, like he always does. Adam Reynolds, I think that you can't really put a price on Adam Reynolds last season, these last couple of games. This is it for him. He's about to break the club scoring records from Eric Sims. Um, but, you know, in the finals, once he loses, that's done. The Adam Reynolds, probably the greatest modern day rabbito, um, definitely going to be in the top 10 of all time, maybe even top five of all time for the Rabbits. Um, they're going to really try and play for him, and I think there's a lot of, especially uh, Wayne Bennett, who really does love Adam Reynolds. You can tell the way he glows about him and the endorsements that he gave Brisbane for signing him. To me, it's just this is the side. If I had to pick, if I had to pick besides Storm, because I think the Storms are very good money right now, I'd I'd probably even pick the Rabbits over the Panthers at this stage, just because troops are fit. Um, you know, they're going to have Campbell Graham, come, Campbell Graham coming back from his HIA. Camara will come back from suspension. total will come back at some stage. Benji Marshall is going to return from his COVID protocols. This is just going to be a side that's going to be full strength, rearing to go. Alex Johnson will be back from his hamstring injury. The Rabbits to be, go, to be going here. Ben Hunt, it sounds like he's picked up a, a arm injury. So potentially he might be out for a couple of weeks. So, look, they've got, you know, talk. they've been talking about Parramatta having the hardest draw. Go look at the Dragons one. It's not much better. This is... Uh, the Dragons are now out of the eight for the first time in a long time this season. And I don't see them going back into So I think this is the start of the decline for the Dragons. So obviously, the Paul Vaughan party, they lost him, uh, our front-road leader. And obviously, a lot of players did get um, suspended. They've got a couple more to serve next week. Um, but yeah, I think this is the two teams definitely going in opposite directions. First game on Monday Night Footy. Welcome, return on Monday Night Footy. Uh, Titans 34 defeating the Bulldogs 6. Again, another late try to save um, the scoreless scoreline there, but the Titans did it pretty easy without really Dave feeder being involved. I thought Tina was absolutely immense uh, through him, mean, who was easily the best forward this week. Um, Ash Taylor, AJ Brimson um, play their roles. Brian Kelly. Uh, snagged a couple of tries. Toby Sexton was good. This was an all-round performance here by the Titans. Uh, didn't really have to rely on Dave Fafita's brute strength and, you know, creativity to get him over the line here. You know, Taylor, 40-20, nice kick, nice pass for a couple of try assists. Um, you know, you had AJ kind of sniffing around the board. Mitch Rain was surface blood dummy half. And, you know, you had your Mofo, you had your Tino, a lot of guys just doing their thing. So, for the Titans, they're really rounding in you know, on a nice bit of form here. And, you know, they're going to be sniffing again right around that. They're seventh now. They move all the way up to seventh on their positive four and against. So, absolutely huge for them um, that they're starting to string some of these wins together because you look at some of the losses they've had this year. Some really confounding and, you know, hurtful losses for the back end of the season. But you kind of look what they have to go here. they got the Cowboys, the Rabbits, the Storm, the Knights, the Warriors. Obviously, two hard games in there with the Rabbits and the Storm. But, you know, the Knights, the Warriors, the Cowboys, they can get wins there. So they're, they're a real shot here for, for the top eight. Don't be surprised. I'm not going to rule them out at all because they've got a great chance. The Bulldogs, 2022. Um, I thought there'd be a lot more improved this year. I thought Trent Barrett's attacking prowess would come into this side. And I thought Kyle Flanning would have a big year. Just never happened. And, you know, a lot of people were saying it was going to be a bridge year anyway. 2022 is the first real test uh, to see how this Woodhawk side's going to go. Addo Carr, Matt Burden, Brent Naden, Matt Dufty, uh, Paul Vaughan from Reports, Tavita Pengai. There's a lot of class coming into this side. So 2022 will definitely be a season where they should be well and truly out of the wooden spoon battle. But for now, they're going to lick their wounds here. Titans on the up, in the top eight, and they hope to stay there for the rest of the year. Last game of the round, the Tom Turbo Show from Suncorp. Manly 40. Defeating the Sharks 22. This could have been anything. Turbo subbed off with about 17 minutes left. There was a sin bin there as well. A couple of late tries again to make the scoreline respectable. Uh, but what, what else can you say? There's not much analysis beyond Trom being an absolute maniac. A couple more tries. here three tries of his own. Something about, I think it was 11 tackle breaks. He's a freak. And if he's going to be in this form... If that team can stay healthy with a couple of their key players, why can't they challenge for a premiership? Why can't, you know, going to have a huge test this week against Melbourne? This is really going to be, if they can break Melbourne's winning streak here, Tom Trawajewicz can do what he's doing against a quality side like Melbourne. All of a sudden, we need to recalibrate what we think of Mel- Manly going forward because with the form that he's in, I've been so reluctant to say he's, overtaken Tedesco as the best player in the comp because I even think Cleary is ahead of him. I think Tom, um, in the middle part of the season where he's been tearing up, but you can say he's the third best player, but it's so hard to argue with what he's doing because if you drop him into any side, this merely side was winless. Um, you know, they they got that one win in round four, I think it was against the Warriors late, but they were going nowhere. And as soon as Tom Turbo is coming to this side, they're going to challenge for fifth, might have been challenged for fourth by the end, by it's all said and done. You know, and again, if they beat Melbourne, what what a game that's going to be! Because to me, you know, they match up pretty well against um, Melbourne. Obviously, good defense out wide, good forwards to match the Melbourne forward pack. And then you've got, you know, a Pappenhausen and a Grant. You can match that with Tom Travoyevich. So, mainly going to be rolling their season as it is every year. Tom Travoyevich, dependent. If he can stay fit and he's firing. There's a chance against any team in the comp. And it was an absolute treat. It was a coach record, 226. Uh, so if you captain this week, like I did, you obviously moved up. If you didn't captain him, similar to when I didn't captain Cleary earlier in the year for his 450, um, it's going to sting you and possibly get you out of the range that you wanted to get to. But for the Sharkies, you know, thought they'd fire a little bit more here. Um, obviously, when Tom, Tom Turbo is doing his thing, very hard to say in the game. Will Kennedy was good. Trindle had his moments. Uh, obviously a huge brain snap with Toby Rudolph having the headbutt and the sin bin. Um, but yeah, they were never really in it. They're screaming for uh Matt Moylan. I think this is a this side is gonna go as far as Matt Moylan can take them. Um, because to me, he just there's no class, there's a lack of class right now, and they're holding on to a top eight spot. And to me, it's gonna be all about you know, if he can come into the side and offer a little bit of Playmaking and you know organizing and finishing a set; these are the type of things that the Sharks really need because they're going to be really on the heels now to try and keep their top eight spot with a couple of teams really lurking there. So that's the review for all eight games. Let's quickly go to the ladder to see where we stand after round twenty. Melbourne outright first on thirty-six points for the first time this season. You got the Panthers and the Rabbits on 34. So all of a sudden the Rabbits are now safe within that uh, top four and they may challenge uh, to get the, home, I guess you can't really say home final anymore, but they'll challenge to, um, you know, get that number two spot. The rabbit, So then you got the, the Eels on 28 with the Roosters on 28. So all of a sudden that Roosters win over the Eels now becomes very interesting. And obviously Eels have the Rabbits next week. Roost at the Panthers next week. So it's going to be, you know, two of the top five teams all play each other. Going to be very intriguing there. You've got Manly next on 26. So they're well and truly safe. And they're also going to be pushing for that last top four spot. You then move to a log gem on eighteen. So You've got the Titans and the Sharks. They're on seven and eight on four and against. you got the Raiders, the Dragons, and the Knights all on 18. So, you know, you've got five teams there. Only two of them are going to make that top eight. So very, you know, you kind of look at it now. The Dragons with that hard of a draw could see them drop out. The Sharks with some of their injuries right now and the way they're playing, they may drop out. To me, it's probably down to the Titans, the Raiders, and the Knights. Uh, I give the the inside edge to the Knights just on their draw uh, and Mitch is coming back, but we'll obviously track that little battle for the last bit of the season. you think got a little bit of a logjam of 14, uh, points, so it's in 12th. You've got the Warriors, the Tigers, and the Cowboys. You then got the Broncos on 12 points in 15th, and it looks like the Wooden spoon is wrapped up for the Dogs on six points in last place. So obviously some movements there. Going to be very interesting to see the top eight battle and the top four battle. The battle for second, no one thought that would be a position, but that looks like it might be something now, so the ladder is definitely heating up. We'll make sure we take some time out before every uh, review pod just to quickly run over this ladder and kind of, you know, make some predictions, give some thoughts here. But yeah, if you're looking right now, Bulldogs probably wrapped up the spoon. Storm probably have wrapped up the minor premiership. The top four, look, you know, you've got the six teams there. The Rabbits are definitely locked in. It's going to be one of Eels, Roosters, Manly. Manly's got a great run, but they're already a win down. Probably give the edge to the Roosters there. Uh, and then, like I said, that that the battle for the bottom two spots in the eight right now i had to go gun to head i'd probably go titans at nights, um but we'll we'll track that as we go that will do it for the round 20 review guys thanks for tuning in and listening we'll be back with a round 21 preview plus a couple of little bonus pods so thanks for listening guys have a great day hear from you soon cheers